a very good evening to you. Welcome along to another Sweet and Swing here on Max Radio. My name's Howard Kane. Always a pleasure to have your company through until the top of the hour. And what have we got? Well, it's all about the pianos this evening. Well, not all, but quite a bit. Jay McShannon and his orchestra. Jumping the Blues. The Duke, or Duke, as you prefer. Andre Preview. Andre Previn, of course. Not just Ernie and... Morecambe and White's great piano player. But there's all sorts of other stuff. In fact, I'd go so far as to say anything goes. In olden days, a glimpse of stocking was looked on as something shocking. Now, heaven knows anything goes. Good authors, too. Once knew better words, not only useful letter words, writing prose, anything goes. The world has gone mad today, and goods bad today, and blacks white today, and days night today. When those guys today, the women prize today are just silly, jiggy lows. So though I'm not a great romancer, I know I'm bound to answer when you propose anything. Anything goes. Well, almost anything goes here on Sweet and Swing, as long as it fits into the Sweet and Swing genre, I suppose. 
and that covers a fairly broad spectrum, I would say. I like to think it does in any case. How are we all? Lovely to have your company, as always, on a Friday night here on Manx Radio. And uh, we will be looking at, well, we'll have more from the world's greatest jazz band, or the uh, WGJB, as they prefer to be called, because they thought the moniker was a little bit pretentious, to say the least. Um, more from our Gracie as well. Gracie Fields, dipping back into our Gracie. Why not? Just fancied it for the new year for no particular reason other than I spotted a CD and thought we hadn't had much for a while. And there, yes, some of those pianists as well. Oh, and a bit of a request, I think. Why not? Why not? We'll start the year as we mean to go on. Uh, Dakota Staten with Anything Goes. Nice cheery one to start off. Harry Hayes and his band. I had this one lurking around uh, last year sometime and I sort of found it gathering dust again. Can't have played it for a wee while. He was, according to Ronnie Scott, the governor or Don Lusher. These are some of his peers, the Rolls-Royce of the saxophone. Judge for yourself. Here's Harry and his band. Thank you. 
Ah, very nice. Dubonnet. I don't know if that's the drink he was uh, fond of or how that was named. That was the name of the track in any case. Dubonnet, or Dubonnet, if you want to be really common. I think it's Dubonnet, though, the way I uh, look at it. Harry Hayes and his band in the 1940s, a great player, like I said, widely lauded by a lot of his peers. Um, born in 1909 and won a school scholarship at 11. And that started him on his saxophone career because his dad gave him a prize for doing so well of a saxophone along with a book tutor. And Harry was so keen on it and so good, but by 16, a mere five years later, he was taking his first professional engagement at the Regent Dance Hall in Brighton. By 17, he was working for the Kit Kat Club in Piccadilly, one of the most famous clubs in town at the time. And in 1927, he joined Fred Elzaldi at the Savoy Hotel in a mixed Anglo-American band. After the Savoy... Well, he just carried on with this sort of career of working all the famous spots. He worked at Ciro's Club, he worked at the Café de Paris, he worked with Morris Winnick at the Carlton Hotel, he was with Louis Armstrong on his first tour. You get the gist of just how good he was. Spike Hughes' big band, the Grosvenor House with Sidney Lipton, and then with Geraldo back at the Savoy Hotel again. And then when the war started, or really got underway, I suppose, as far as it was for people living in Britain in 1940, Geraldo's band became the BBC Dance Band, doing nine broadcasts a week, and Harry was a featured player and became uh, something of a household name. Went on for a number of years, joined Kenny Baker much later on in the 1950s, well after the war. And then later on, he actually uh, had a record and instrument shop in Fulham. Wish I'd seen that in Flam. Uh, yeah, he was there for quite some time and then sold up in the mid-1980s and moved to Stoneleigh, but widely remembered, and as you think you can gather there, a very fine player. He played with a who's who of jazz in the day. Let's have the first of our pianists then. Uh, Mr Preview, André Prévin, playing My Fair Lady in some standards as well, some original recordings from André from the mid-40s through to the mid-50s. And uh, from My Fair Lady... What about this lovely one? On the street where you live.
Could he play? Could he ever? Uh, one of those men where you wonder how he managed to fit so much into one life in that sort of amazing life of being in jazz and in popular music, in film scores, classical music, playing all the classics, being renowned for his conducting and arranging and such like. He um, had uh, four Oscars, 11 nominations. Um, he was also in 1971 something of a, a polymath and played, he was on TV, he was on radio, he was in the theatre, he toured the world, <laughs> he sort of, you name it, known as a playboy. At one stage, he used to be very popular with the paparazzi because he was always jetting off all over the place, usually with a different gorgeous woman on his arm, or so it seemed at one stage in any case. In Britain, of course, it's just, <laughs> you ask anyone about Andre, Andre Previn, and of course it'll be on Andrew Preview and Morgan and Wise. I don't think he ever minded, really. Ironic that that's the way he's remembered in Britain amongst all the other things he's did. He's probably better known for that than anything else, I guess. In 1948, he was the staff arranger with MGM, and thereafter, as uh, time permitted, his composing and classical playing became complementary to his ongoing love affair with jazz. He also had a brief stint in the US Army as well, of course. Playing there with the wonderful Leroy Vinegar on double bass and the equally prolific Shelley Mann. Lord knows how many albums he played on, on drums. Shelley Mann and his friends. My Fair Lady. Lovely stuff. I'll keep that one in the bag for now. I just love Andre's playing. It sort of spans the older style and the more modern style of jazz piano. Beautiful light touch and everything's in great taste. Lovely picture on the front of that Living Era CD as well with him. Not very PC these days. He's got his eyes closed in bliss, hands on the keyboard. Fag stuck firmly in gob with smoke coming out of it. Yeah, I mean, it's the old style blue note sort of look, isn't it? That any jazz musician with a salt would also have a fag in his mouth. Not advised, children. Don't take up smoking. It's not good for you, one way or another. Let's have some vocals uh, here. We haven't had this one for a while. Alan Dean with Ambrose. Old Buttermilk Sky. <laughs> Christmas tree heading for the one I love I'm gonna pop her the question that question do you darling do you do it'll be easy so easy if I can just depend on you old buttermilk sky I'm telling you why now you know Keep a 
brushing those clouds from sight. Old buttermilk sky, don't you fail me when I'm needing you most. Hang a moon above her hitching post, hitch me to the one I love. You can if you try, don't tell me no lies. Will you be mellow and bright tonight, buttermilk hear that one so often do you buttermilk sky oh buttermilk sky themselves alan dean with ambrose and the orchestra elder alan dean born back in the 1920s sang with all sorts again art thompson jack wallace harry roy uh, ambrose of course oscar rabin harry leader frank weir and in the 40s he uh, had a short-lived bebop band which included the aforementioned ronnie scott on tenor sax that must be quite impressive. I think Ronnie suffered fools very gladly. One way or another, must have been a good sound. I don't think I've got any recordings of that band, as far as I'm aware. Although I'm sure they're all knocking round. If you've got one, or you know where it is, let me know. We'll give it a whiz, shall we? Bebop might be a little modern for Sweet and Swing, but I'm sure we could get away with it. We don't tell anyone. Any thoughts, if you know it, Howard Kane at maxradio.com is the address. Howard Kane, C-A-I-N-E, that is, at maxradio.com. Or any other thoughts, realistically. Always lovely to hear from you, and uh, we'll give something a spin. Uh, we've got a request coming up in a minute, actually, from, uh, well, John, who uh, was asking for something. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'll keep you in suspenders, as my dad used to say. Oh, Buttermilk Sky. Old Duke Ellington next. <laughs>
my little pal so true. You came along, made life a sum, fairly. If I lost you, I wonder what I do. I don't know whether Duke Ellington and Gracie Fields have ever been paired together before. But if they haven't, now they have. That's all I can say. Little twofer for you there. Ellington and Fields. What a happy mix that was. Uh, first off, Duke with a slightly lesser-known number. I don't know, I'm saying that. Uh, is it a lesser-known number or not? Morning Glory, we heard Duke on there. Uh, good track as well, isn't it? Good track. I like that one a lot. Uh, old Duke Ellington, born in uh, Washington, D.C. in 1889. It sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? 1889. Oh, my lordy. Uh, yeah, best not to think about it too much. Just You can't quite correlate that, can you? Particularly if you're a fan of Duke in the later years, in the 60s, and Far East, Sweet and Money Jungle, and born in 1889. Wow. Amazing stuff. Studied piano as a child, and uh, again, like so many of these wonderful pianists, was uh, soon appearing on a semi-professional basis, and even though he was still only in his teens. And his composing talents also emerged at an early age and began organising bands for local dancers around his hometown, then formed his first, formed his first regular band, which played an engagement in New York at Harlem's Cotton Club in 1927. And then Duke went on to stay at the Cotton Club for around four years until 1931, except for occasional dates into other regions of the States. The orchestra toured Europe in 1933, and then again in the year that war broke out, they were touring in 1939. But throughout most of the 30s, America was the home base for the Duke Ellington Orchestra. And of course, the wonderful Billy Strayhorn joined them a little after that, initially hired as a writer. I think it was 39 or 40 that Strayhorn joined the Ellington band. First, like I said, a writer, but he was a wonderful pianist. And then, of course, Take the A-Train, one of his, eventually became Ellington's theme tune. Wonderful track. I almost played that one. I'll play that some other time. Why not? I will play that some other time. And then our Gracie after that. Sally, Sally, is it her best-known track? I don't know. I think if you say Gracie Fields, if people know her work, I think they'll either think of Sally or they'll think of the biggest aspidistra in the world, I would guess. That's what I would, in any case. They're the first two that come into my mind if you say Gracie Fields to me. 
Well, the tracks are available, but they seem to be two of the most popular, I would have thought, if you asked most people. And I dare say there are people now who won't know her work at all. Life being what it is. But there we go. You pays your money, as they say, and you takes your choice. Listening to Sweet and Swing, Howard with you through until the top of the hour. Always lovely to have your company and always lovely to hear from you in whatever form. No point in ringing in normally, but you can certainly email in to the programme Howard Kane at manxradio.com, Howard Kane at manxradio.com, C-A-I-N-E, or drop us a line if you like putting pen to paper like John does, Howard Kane, Sweet and Swing, Manx Radio, Broadcasting House, Douglas Head, Douglas in the Isle of Man, and that postcode is IM15BW. And yep, John Cannell, friend of the programme, a regular listener. Hello to you, John. I hope you are keeping well. Definitely listening, he says. And I thank you for your friendship. Well, I thank you for yours as well. I always like to think we're all a little friendship club here on Sweet and Swing, wherever you might be. And again, if you're listening in faraway climes, let us know. I know lots of people on the Isle of Man and round the Northwest and such like, but... If you're listening in Canada or Botswana or something, via the wonders of the web, let me know. Usual address, Howard Kane at manxradio.com. And John was saying he enjoyed the Ivy Benson programme I did with uh, Morris Powell a while back. He says, I used to be down listening to her every day in the summer holidays at the Villa Marina when Mum worked in the um, house in uh, Grafton Street, in the boarding house in Grafton Street. Uh, do you remember the old Guinness clock? I think I do. I think I do remember the old Guinness clock. I could be, could be my memory playing tricks there, John, but it seems to ring a bell. Any chance you could play something by Billy Cotton and his band? Seeing as it's you, John, the answer, of course, is yes. <laughs> Never dreamt that all it meant was loneliness 
John Billy Cotton, I can't get Mississippi off my mind, with on vocals you might possibly have recognised the wonderful tones of none other than Al Boley. Of course, I can't get Mississippi. You never think of Billy Cotton and Al Boley. At least I don't. Maybe it's just me being uh, being daft. I have no idea. Interestingly, if you look at the old Regal 78 of that, I think it was, and it just says Billy Cotton and Chorus. No mention of Al Boley. It's just uh, Billy Cotton and Vocal Chorus. That's all it says. But it was Al Boley singing on the vocals there. And great sound as well. Great voice he had. I love that high note. La, da, da, yeah, lovely tone, lovely voice. And went on to become a very famous name in his own right. Killed, sadly, I think, in the uh, Second World War, if memory serves correct, in uh, during the Blitz, when he was struck by, when he just got home after a, a gig one evening. Uh, the world's greatest jazz band, WGJB. Uh, we started having a little uh, retrospective of some of their work. Like I said, I think I might have seen them. Certainly the old Maestro was a fan and saw them on several occasions. Yank Lawson, Bob Wilbur, Ralph Sutton, Billy Butterfield, Ed Hubble, Bob Haggett, you name it. Bud Freeman, of course, who we knew very well playing there as well. And let's have some more from them. Let's all go bluesy, why not? We haven't had a blues for a while. Wolverine Blues. <laughs> Thank you. 
Oh, yes, very popular indeed. The world's greatest jazz band at Manchester's Free Trade Hall in 1971. And uh, some wonderful essay notes by the, uh, sadly now late, I think, Steve Vos. Um, I think he, I'm right in saying he passed away in 2023, a wonderful jazz critic and writer over the years. And some great stories there we are hearing about how the band was set up and how uh, Barker Hickox, a millionaire who loved jazz, appeared on the scene and bought the band from Dick Gibson and started them all off, including all debts, apparently. And Hickox organised this cross-country tour of 20 concerts. At the end, took them all for a slap-up meal in Seattle. He said he lost $25,000 but had great fun. Then around about the same time, uh, Yank Lawson, unexpectedly as leader of the world's greatest jazz band, received an enormous bill from the Internal Revenue. And it's reported by Steve that when the blood returned to Yank's cheeks, he called Bob Haggard for help and found the co-leader of the band had also been targeted with a massive bill. It turned out that the aforementioned Dick Gibson, the uh, Colorado entrepreneur who'd sort of started the band and chosen the slightly pretentious name for it as well, hadn't paid the tax for the band members. And as co-leaders, Lawson and Haggett had copped instead, so they were expected to pick up the whole lot. Well, after much thought and on the basis of his having acquired the band, including all debts, they sent the bills on to Barker Hickox, the millionaire who'd bought them out, and apparently heard no more about the matter. About the matter. Hickox was a very philosophical man, it's reported, and when it came to money, had a room in his basement, it said, papered with cheques made out to the band that had bounced. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Uh, not so good. We'll pick up on the story next week, I think, with more on that one. I love the idea of the room, papered with cheques, which had all bounced. It's like the old joke in jazz, isn't it? How do you become a millionaire in jazz? And the answer to that one is always start off as a billionaire. Or I think is it yeah, it's something along those lines. How do you make a million in jazz? Start off with two million. Same sort of thing. With very few exceptions, you're never going to make a huge money out of being a professional jazz player.
nice indeed. Sophisticated lady, that's Dan Olsen. I think there might be a bit of stardust in there as well, isn't there? Turner Layton at the keyboard. And he stayed on, American, of course. And uh, if you remember, I think we featured them not that long ago here on Sweet and Swing. If I, ah, yeah, My memory's not playing tricks, is it? Layton and Johnson, we played them only a few weeks ago. Great American partnership. The partnership dissolved in 1935 and Turner Layton, well, he decided to remain in England and had a very successful career for more than two decades, playing the piano and playing music in his adopted country and went on for quite a few number of years, well into my lifetime. Dade died in 1978 at the age of 86. Good long career and a successful one at that. I did promise you some Jay McShann, so I better not wobble too much, so we'll never fit him in. Jay McShann and his orchestra, Jump in the Blues. You haven't had any Jay for a long time. How about this one then? Moton Swing. <laughs> McShan and the boys back in 1940, would you believe? And uh, yes, if you thought the alto player sounded remarkably like Charlie Parker there, 
Well, you'd be right, because it was Charlie Parker. A young Charlie Parker, Jay McShann, of course, was the man who brought the great Charlie Parker to fame and fortune. And sadly, not a very long life, I'm afraid, died in his 30s at Charles Parker, but nothing to do with Jay, as far as I'm aware. Uh, broadcast in 1940 on the KFBI Wichita, Kansas, December the 2nd, 1940. And along with uh, Charlie Parker and Alto, it also featured the wonderful, if slightly less well-known Orville Piggy Minor on <laughs> on trumpet. Why Orville Piggy Minor didn't go on to be better known, I don't know. Just uh, you'd have thought with a name like that, it's just made for jazz. You'd have thought, wasn't it, Orville Piggy Minor? Uh, Jay himself was uh, actually it's called Jay McShan. He was James McShan originally and nicknamed Jay quite early on in his years and uh, le- le- moved to uh, Kansas City, Missouri in 1936 and set up his big band there, which of course featured the like of Ben Webster over the years, Charlie Parker of course, Paul Kinchett, Bernard Anderson, Gene Ramey, Jimmy Coe, Gus Johnson, yes he had a lot of them, Harold Duckwest, Earl Coleman, Walter Brown, Jimmy Witherspoon, all played with Jay McShan, had something of an eye, like a sort of a I don't know, like an early Art Blakey, perhaps we could say, if that's not a ridiculous sort of comparison. And a wonderful sound as well. Never actually... What did I get to see Jay McShann at a young age? I think I might have done, you know, at some stage. I could be making that up. I could be making that up. Maybe it was Jay Wilbur I saw. Good sound in any case. And I always love the fact that you get some of these really famous musicians who crop up in other people's bands at an early age. And no one batted an eyelid then, did they? Didn't know any better. That's about it for another week, I reckon. Hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did. Any thoughts, as always, drop me a line. Howard Kane at manxradio.com. Manx Radio, all one word, Kane with an E. Love to hear from you with any thoughts, where you're listening, if it's far away, or anything else for that matter, as long as it's nice. Back, same time, same place next week. Until then, look after yourselves. I'll see you then. Cheerio. Thank you.